0: Welcome to the Daily Detox Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Center, integrative health practitioner, licensed occupational therapist, and your health detective. I'm excited to share with you natural, evidence-based, and effective solutions for achieving wellness. Become educated and empowered to transform your health for a more vibrant and happy life. Hello. Welcome, welcome to Daily Detox. I am your host, Stephanie Center. If this is your first time listening, I'm happy you decided to drop by today. This is a light and airy and fun episode. It's a perfect way to start out uh, if you're just getting to know me and my work. I am going to keep this intro short and sweet because I am... (laughs) super busy right now. If you don't know me, I am not one of those people who thinks busy is good, right, or best. Personally, I think busy is what happens when you take on too much at once, and busy does not leave room for creativity, solid reflection, or personal growth. So I don't really like to be busy, but my husband and I, we are in the thick of home renovations. We have a tight deadline to get this done before we move in in three, two weeks. I can't even keep track. (laughs) It's just around the corner. And we are making a point to use this, what I like to call a clean slate opportunity to develop some good habits and to make some adjustments to reduce our toxin exposures. If you want to follow along our journey, you can come find me on Instagram at Holistic Stephanie Marie. I am going over all things low talks like furniture, upholstery, paint, water filtration, common household items, and the list goes on. While we are in the midst of these decisions, I am sharing just raw, real time information on my Instagram stories. And then I'm saving them under highlights on my profile. And that's going to be under the heading renovations. Once the dust has settled, I will be making posts and yeah, I'm sharing with my email community about how and why we made certain decisions. So stay tuned for that. I also want to invite you to join me on Clubhouse. I am loving this platform. It's a great way for us to build community and connect with each other. So my handle is just my name, at Stephanie Center. I'm super easy to find. I keep my profile pictures all the same between Instagram and Facebook, all the things. (laughs) I keep my picture the same, so I'm easy to find. And I run a club in Clubhouse that's called Holistic Health Podcast Collective. In this club, I will be hosting live rooms. So make sure to follow me and join the club so that we can spend some real time together in conversations on all things holistic health. I really enjoyed this platform. It's all audio, so you don't have to look like anything to <laughs> hop on. And you can mute yourself, unmute yourself. You can just listen if you're you know, cooking dinner or whatever or you can actually engage in conversation. It's totally your call. I do have some updates in regards to my low tox life course and my 10 day liver detox. I will speak more on that um, on my next episode. I just, just in the, just to honor everybody's time here that I'm not gonna get into that today. You can always check out my website, holistichouse.org if you have any questions. I think there's a way you can just like literally email me from the website. And then I'm also filling out my one-on-one coaching quickly, so if you want a spot, I would reach out now. I'm I'm probably going to be making a wait list as we dive further into spring because goodness, I cannot keep up with y'all, <laughs> which is a b- both a good and a sad problem to have. Right, I have mixed emotions about that. So today, it's today's episode, y'all. I had such a fun time getting to know Jen. She is. Bubbly and a just burst of energy, and you are going to love her, love what she's about. And I, so, I just want to share with you a little bit about Jennifer before we dive into today's episode. So, Jennifer Trepic is an optimal health coach, she's a podcaster and a business consultant. After graduating from the University of Michigan Ross School of Business, Jen founded Better Life Now LLC while working full-time in hedge funds. After over a decade of coaching clients, Jen started Salad with a Side of Fries, which is a podcast to help pay it forward and reach a larger audience to teach the nutrition education we are all supposed to know, but no one ever taught us. I can totally identify with that. Jen implements revenue generating wellness programs in doctors offices, salons and spas to further expand the impact and help change the state of healthcare as a certified transitions lifestyle coach and consultant. She is a consultant with Nutrametrics Health Solutions. And when not hunkered down at home during a pandemic, Jen is typically working out at a physique 57, which I'm wondering what that's like in comparison to an F45. Um, she's discovering hidden gems of restaurants in NYC, or traveling to spend time with friends and family. Please join me in welcoming Jen. Well, hey Jen, thanks so Hi. much for joining us. I thanks so for excited. having me. <laughs> yeah. For for our listeners, we were chatting a little bit before this episode, and we we decided that we're friends. So we are um.
1: <laughs> fast friends.
0: Yeah. So Jen, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became interested in studying the effects of blue light.
1: Yeah. So it's funny. My background is really business and marketing. I came to all this wellness stuff through my own saga. I call it, I feel like the word journey doesn't do it justice. You know, (laughs) like it was a weight management saga. I grew up, I was the dancer growing up. I was like, I joke, I was the skinny one in a family of dieters. And then that went away because like genetics and lifestyle and life, right? So after high school, you know, I stopped dancing, my food changed, I went on birth control, like all of these kinds of things. And so I was like, okay, I'm gaining weight. I know what to do. I watched my family do this my whole life. And I started every diet under the sun. Fast forward, I'm on this roller coaster you know? Mm -hmm. And I learned about the program that I now teach. And I was like, no, 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 that's okay. Like I've got (laughs) my thing, right? Like I know what I'm doing and what I'm doing is a giant merry-go-round, right? Like, (laughs) yeah. But I was like, I had my thing. So then I saw people who were following this program and had this aha moment one day. This woman was telling her story And two things stuck out to me. One was that everybody was like keeping their weight off. The second piece was this woman is telling her story of losing 150 pounds. And I heard nothing of what she said after that. I couldn't even tell you her name because literally everything else was like the teacher and Charlie Brown. And I was like (laughs) having my own conversation with myself. I'm like, wait, I don't see where 10 pounds could have been on your body. Where, where was another human attached to you? Because that's what you're telling me was the case, right? And so I had this, like, moment with myself of, like, get out of your own way. Yeah. They clearly know something that you don't know, right? Like, maybe you should try this. Hmm. So I worked with a coach. I followed the program. And it completely changed my life. It is mm-hmm. the only thing that's allowed me to say I've kicked my food issues. And – from that, I set out on a mission to pay it forward and help people help themselves with this information. Cause I really think it's like the nutrition education we're all supposed to know and no one ever taught us. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. And so <clears> that's where this was, that was all back in 2007. And at the same time, I was looking for something to do outside of my full-time job because I didn't know what I was going to do. I just knew I couldn't work for someone else for the rest of my life. So then when I had this experience, I was like, oh my God, this is what I'm going to do. Like, this is my thing, right? So I started working with clients on the side, late 2007. Fast forward, 2019, left my full-time job, launched my podcast. Blue light kept coming up, mostly though around COVID. Because Mm -hmm. even people who didn't used to really be on a computer We're now on a computer all day long. And the other thing that was coming up a lot is, why can't I stop eating? And I started digging into both of these things and realized there is a massive connection. And so so I just, you know, snowball from there. I wrote an article about it. And I was like, we all need to know this. (laughs) Like, you know, so that brings us to today and now and, you know, sitting with you, Stephanie, to have this conversation.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's okay. So actually one of the questions I had for you was specifically about blue light and eating because the re like, and I, and I told you, I did very little research for blue light, but what I did find was that it, um, and this was from a Harvard study. Um, so maybe you're familiar with it, but it, they were, um, Shifting people's circadian rhythms to later and later, and they found that it decreased the hormone leptin production, which is um, the hormone that makes us feel full. And yeah. so, there they were finding, you know, an association between blue light, decreased leptin production, and then increased rates of cardiovascular disease, or sorry, coronary coronary artery disease, diabetes mellitus type two, um, and cancer.
1: Yeah. And the truth is, like, that's leptin isn't the only hormone impacted. Like, it really is so crazy. So, just taking a step back, like, Mm -hmm. why is blue light a thing? Right. So, why is it detrimental? Why does it have these health effects? And so, when we think back to like seventh grade science, right, the Mm -hmm. light spectrum, right, blue light is the closest to daylight Mm
0: -hmm.
1: on the light spectrum. And remember growing up and what we tell our kids, you know, I don't have kids, but what we would tell, like, I tell my nephew, right, don't stare at the sun. Mm -hmm. Our screens, computer, television, phone, iPad, right, all the screens are like us looking at the sun all day long. Mm -hmm. So what's happening going to the question, like to pieces of this study about circadian rhythm, and then when that, and we're going to bed later and later, and then when that's off, it's this giant snowball, right? Our our eyes are receiving daylight till midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then we turn it off and we're like, oh, I can't sleep, why can't, (laughs) right? And then we're like staring at the ceiling, like why can't I fall asleep? And it's like, because you were just staring at the sun so, what happens is our eyes, the light coming into our eyes turns out to be a big trigger for a lot of our hormones in our system. So, if our eyes perceive daylight, it triggers the excitatory hormones, the ones that keep us awake. Mm-hmm. If it's dark, our eyes are like, oh, it's nighttime. I'm supposed to calm down, I'm supposed to mm-hmm. get tired right? And then the inhibitory hormones turn on neurotransmitters, but they're really like, they act like hormones, right? So both things can't be high at the same time. So if we're constantly giving ourselves the equivalent of daylight, it makes sense then that we're staying up later, that we're hungrier because our body is trying to reconcile. I'm tired, but I'm getting daylight signals. How do I muster the energy to keep going? because apparently it's actually daylight, I need food. I need fuel so that I have some energy to keep going. So it becomes sort of this snowball of staring at our screens. We're hungrier. We're not sleeping as much. And all of that sort of snowballs into all of these health effects that we never connect to what was happening, you know, just from doing our work. That's, that's like, whoa,
0: (laughs) whoa moment. So can you talk some more about, so just thinking of other, like you've got me thinking about other hormones now. So excitatory hormones, I'm thinking cortisol. Mm -hmm. So cortisol levels are rising and then, you know, the, not to use like buzzwords, but then we run into adrenal fatigue. So then cortisol exhausts and tanks and that's typically when i see people's when cortisol is like non-existent.
1: I was there uh, f- 2015. Oh say. yeah. Yeah. You know, that's what happens when you work full time and build a business on the side and, you know, try to have a social life and all the things, you know. <laughs> oh great. So that's what i have to look forward to. <laughs> right. Just kidding. Not necessarily. See, you're smarter. You know more than i do at that, you know. At that moment, right, i knew a lot, but we also like sorry, this is sort of a sidebar, but like We get so many signals and messages to like, go, 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 and do, 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 and do more, push, make it happen, sleep when you're dead, right? Like Mm -hmm. all those kinds of signals and messages are just exacerbating all of this. Like we push and push and like, no wonder we end up in adrenal fatigue. Oh, totally. You know? Totally.
0: I even caught myself. So I was, I was, I don't remember who I was sharing this with, but I was um, making these to-do lists every day that were just not attainable. And then I would feel awful about myself at the end of the day and say, Steph, oh my God, you like, you could have done, like, you didn't get anything done. So instead I started making ta-da lists, like, look at what I did today. <laughs> so I could go to bed feeling like, girl, you did something. You're okay. That is amazing. I love that <laughs> so much. But anyways, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get off topic, but okay. So so what, do, what do you know about blue light exposure and cortisol? Is there a relationship there?
1: There is. I don't know the exact mechanism, right, of that relationship. Just taking a step back, like cortisol isn't bad. No, no. Inherently, right? And so like think about for all of us, like getting up in the morning, right? Like we need – there's sort of what we call a eustress, right? The good stress. Mm -hmm. The stress that gets us out of bed. The stress that makes us excited about something. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Cortisol and the adrenal fatigue, now that becomes a problem when it's never turning off right so what can happen you know and this is a little bit of a leap but it makes logical sense in my head right that if we're giving our body the daylight signal when it's actually nighttime and tired and it's trying to signal our brain for relaxation mm-hmm. but it we're giving it all of this no no be excited be excited that disconnect to muster that energy to make things happen would likely spark a release of cortisol. Like that's a stressful kind of situation in the body right. that could respond with cortisol, right? Like epinephrine, norepinephrine are sort of like the neurotransmitter, like the excitatory neurotransmitters. But I think if we're talking about sort of like, especially this late night stuff, I think it's more likely that the body would respond with cortisol before it would respond with like trying to produce epinephrine and norepinephrine.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. You're making me think about things differently, Jen, because when so when I look at somebody's cortisol and I let's let's say I see them and they have high cortisol at night and high cortisol in the morning, my first thought is they have a parasite because parasites are really active at night. But now I'm thinking, I need to be asking them, how late are you on your
1: screens? Yeah. And how much sleep are you getting? You know, if we're not getting enough sleep, right? And whether that's from the screen or not, Mm -hmm. but if we're going to bed at 1230 and waking up at six or even 630, that lack of sleep acts as a stressor in the body And would therefore trigger additional cortisol. Like, I think you're right on the parasite thing, but there's so much that's going on. And I think so many things are connected to a lack of sleep. Oh, totally. That present as all these different symptoms and illness and diseases and stuff that we're not connecting to our sleep.
0: Right. Right. No, I to- I totally agree and we are we are a sleepless society and yeah. that's when we do our best healing. That's when our livers are working the hardest to filter everything and when you're not sleeping and you're not filtering then you're just holding on to all your toxins and then it's
1: Yeah, wait, so I have to ask you a question because this has become one of my pet peeves and I'm curious what your thoughts are on it. So, I started tracking my sleep with an app and my watch and It says it gives you, like, this cumulative, like, sleep debt or credit. Oh. What are your thoughts on that? What kind of a watch is it? It's just the Apple Watch with, like, an app. Okay. But the app looks at sort of, like, the cumulative sleep over time. And it's like, oh, you have a sleep debt of X percent, So my
0: first thought on this, which I don't want to, I don't mean to be off topic, but my first thought is EMFs, mm-hmm. you know, exposing, I, I don't like to take electronics into I know. the bedroom. So that's, it's like, you know, a catch 22 there. And and I only, I only speak about this because I have done um, autonomic response testing and I know that I respond to EMFs. So therefore I try to limit, I don't know if, you know, I can't speak for everybody, But
1: I agree with you. And I sort of did this more because I was curious about my sleep. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do it for a period of time. Sure, sure. But this whole thing of like this cumulative, like sleep debt or credit, like irks me.
0: Well, so like the, what I've learned about this is like, you can, you can only, there's an expiration date, right? Like you, you can only have... Uh, you know, sleep debt for so long, and then it's like, well, you've crossed the point of no return now, this is, this is all expired
1: sleep debt and you're just creating new sleep debt now. Right. Exactly. And that's like, because sleep isn't really cumulative in that way. It's not right. like by sleeping extra on the weekend, you're making up for the healing yes. that was supposed to happen on Tuesday. Right. Like, so like, I agree with that. Okay. Like that's just not how the body works, but I was just curious what your response is. Cause it well, drives me nuts every time I get this alert. That's
0: how, that's how I feel about when people tell me I eat gluten free except on the weekends it's like well your body's storing right. gluten for a really long time so you might as well go ahead and eat gluten on Saturdays and Sundays or you know th- the whole week if whole you're going to eat it on Saturdays and Sundays because you're like there yes. is no such thing as gluten free on the weekend <laughs> your body's holding right. out to that gluten for quite some time so yeah. that's kind of my response to the sleep debt thing is well if- like, yeah. yeah, I think, I think that if last night I got a poor night's sleep, I can make up for some of that tonight, yes. but if I have poor habits for the last month, there's, there's no, there's no substitute for that. Right. So I think maybe it's a little bit situational, but I think yeah. it has to be really close to that missed
1: sleep. I agree. Make it up. I agree. Interesting. For sure. Anyway, that was totally off topic. <laughs> I love we going off actually, topic. I know. <laughs> but it's just interesting between like cortisol and sleep and stress. Because the other thing that I think, you know, just talking about stress for a second, the other thing that people don't really realize is that the stress response that was designed to save our life <laughs> because it was designed to be short lived. Mm-hmm is now no longer short-lived. Right. It is chronic, it is constant, and it is causing our demise.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not to be dramatic, but it is, right? So Yeah. There's something to be said for recognizing that your alarm clock going off triggers a stress response. Yeah. Thinking about that meeting triggers a stress response. So also if you're laying up at night and having trouble falling asleep because your mind is going and thinking about all these things, it's triggering that stress response yeah. at a time when we're supposed to be trying to like chill and relax and go to sleep. Right. No, so true. I find,
0: so right now I'm in this like unique position cause I'm moving and like, I've never bought a house before. So like, there's that. You know, Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. So there's a stress and we're doing some renovations to make the home less like low talks because, mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to get into my history, but I had mold exposure and that's what got me into here. And so it's really important for me to have, you know, reduced limit, uh, reduced exposure to toxins. And so we're doing these renovations and that's really stressful. So my response is, okay, I'm going to take a lot of magnesium because I know magnesium is like the first thing to go when you're stressed and B vitamins and B vitamins. Yep. (laughs) I'm doing both of those. And, (laughs) and I'm trying to do like like calming things at night so that I don't, because I will have, you know, dreams about water filtration or like whatever I'm working on in the house at the moment. And so I know that like when I have dreams about it, I know I'm stressed about it. So I know that's affecting my sleep. And speaking of sleep, I do, I want to ask you, I know you probably have something to say about melatonin and blue light exposure. So
1: what, what are your thoughts there? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, again, melatonin is one of those things that's supposed to be coming on at night, right? Produced later in the day into the evening. And really it kind of happens all day long. Like it starts low and then it's melatonin is highest at night so that we, you know, sleep and relax and all of those kinds of things. So with that blue light exposure, especially happening later in the day, mm-hmm. we're sending really confusing signals to our body and so it's going to suppress that melatonin production. And then because we wanna sleep, we're like, knock, knock, doctor, help me sleep. And the doctor's like, cool, here's some melatonin. And then when we supplement with melatonin, or when we anytime we supplement with the actual hormone, I'm not mm-hmm. the biggest fan because our body, if we're supplementing with an actual hormone, our body will stop producing that hormone because it doesn't need to. It's there without it doing anything. So I recommend, and you maybe disagree with me, but I generally recommend supplementing with the building blocks to support the body's own production of the hormone. And if you are going to use, you know, a supplemental hormone in that way, low dose and like rotated, like not every night. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Well, with melatonin, I'm very, very cautious with. I will use it sometimes, but it it's going to be to provide some, I call it intelligent allopathy. So like some yes. some relief while somebody's healing. And typically I'll use it when I know what the cause of the low melatonin is, because a yeah. lot of our melatonin is made in our gut, and so if somebody has H. pylori or something right. that's really impacting gut health, then sure. Well, first I'll okay. try. To, I'll try to clear that up, and if we're if we're not feeling better, because I don't want somebody working with me to feel miserable while they're healing, then then I'll look into some melatonin. But I agree with you. I'm I'm very very cautious with using any sort of hormone, and yeah. I I don't use I don't ever. I don't want to say prescribed because it's not the right word, but I don't ever recommend a hormone until I know what the levels are. So if I don't, if I don't know what your, what your vitamin D is, I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to recommend you take it because I'm not going to mess with your hormones.
1: Right. But, um, but I think, you know, but melatonin is a really interesting one because of its impact on sleep. And then, you know, sort of going back to what we were talking about about blue light, There is so much that we can do when we think of like, you know, sleep hygiene, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that if we just take care of some of these things, other stuff that feels totally random and disconnected might actually just take care of themselves. Like when we talk about gut health and all of that kind of stuff, right? Like I think sleep hygiene is also one of those that is so overlooked, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's more than just putting the phone away you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so much more. So what, what kind of strategies do you have for nighttime? Because I know you're probably also not advocating for like us to ditch electricity altogether. Cause that's, you know, not realistic. So right. what, what kind of strategies do you use to limit blue light exposure at night? And what do you, how do you kind of navigate that space of getting yourself ready to go to sleep?
1: Yeah. So even if we just get rid of screens for like an hour before we want to go to sleep, right? So it's not like don't watch TV to chill. Watch TV, but like let's just decide on a time to turn it off. Hmm. Instead of using bright overhead lights in your home at night, right? Even starting – I was about to say like when you get home from work. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) But like (laughs) 2021, (laughs) right? you know, so, but like even starting after dinner, like why don't we start to use some lamps instead of giant overhead lights, Mm -hmm. right? Like let's just start to send some calming nighttime signals to the body, right? Like let open the windows, like the screen, shades or whatever so that you can see that it is nighttime outside right the more I'm not saying like turn off all electricity at 4 30 because that's what time it gets dark in New York sometimes in the winter but like you know but at a reasonable time so that we're starting to send these nighttime signals and then in that hour before like when we're actually turning screens off There are lots of things we can do. It doesn't mean, like, go sit and, like, meditate for an hour. Like, you don't have to do that, you know? Like, let's just read an actual book or a magazine that's, like, on paper instead of from a screen. Or, like, go take a bath or do something (laughs) that you enjoy doing that is chill And dim lighting and quiet and kind of setting yourself up. What you can actually do also is you want to make sure even just other sleep hygiene things, right? Like make sure your bedroom is cool. Take a shower before, you know, it doesn't have to be a long shower. Like you could literally run in the water and get out. The objective, and some people prefer that to be a really hot shower, The objective, what happens in that is it will draw the blood. Sometimes it's like a really cold shower, but sort of like extreme temperatures will draw the blood to the skin, so like the outer layers of the body, and it will drop the core body temperature. Dropping of the core body temperature also helps us slow down to go to sleep. Yeah. So, and the more we can do the same things every night in the same order... Turning off the lights, reading the book, taking the shower, washing your face, brushing your teeth, whatever your nighttime routine is, the more we can do it in the same order over and over, we can develop almost like a Pavlov dog response, (laughs) right, to starting that process. So you maybe get home and it's late. You didn't even watch TV to relax. You sort of feel wired, but you start to do this routine. That routine even signals to the body, okay, right? Time for GABA, time for serotonin, (laughs) time for all of the things that are going to help me go to sleep, that are going to wind me down. Don't turn on every light when you come home late, (laughs) right? Use a lamp. The little signals can go a long way.
0: Yeah. So do you, like, for our friends that, you know, have to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, do you recommend like a like a red light, like plug in in the wall in the bathroom, or I'm just thinking you could. of things yeah. that happen at nighttime that
1: require light. Yeah. You could totally <laughs> use, right. You could totally use a red light. You could totally just, or just install dimmer switches so mm-hmm. that it's not, you know, bright light. There are also some people who have no challenge going back to sleep after that, you know, middle of the night pee. Sure. So, like, if it becomes a problem, then, yeah, there are tons of strategies that we could, right, like limiting some of that light exposure then or making sure that you're not hot, Mm -hmm. you know, in the middle of the night or, you know, a lot of those kinds of things. But also, if it's not an issue, I'm hyper aware to not make it an issue because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times we can go to extremes. We can feel like I have to do all of these things. And, like, you may not need to. Like, pick one thing. (laughs) <laughs> right? Like yeah. even already, we've talked about a whole bunch of things, like pick one thing yeah. and start there and see what happens.
0: Yes. That is, you are after my own heart. That is exactly <laughs> what I tell people with like reducing exposures to toxins. Cause it can be very yes. overwhelming. Like start, start with one thing. And then as you run out of something, replace it with something that's less toxic and just, you'll be okay. Um, exactly. So I have to ask you, What are your thoughts on the popular blue blocking glasses? So
1: I think they can be a great tool, right? Because think about it. Like we would never, like I said before, we would never stare at the sun all day. Mm -hmm. So there's even something to be said for like protecting the retina, protecting the actual components of our eyes, from all the screens that we're staring at. So like even people whose days used to be running around from place to place, there may be still seeing all the same clients, still seeing all the same people, but it's through a screen. So a lot more of us are staring at screens than ever did before. Mm-hmm. I think if it can help, there's no harm, especially in something like I wouldn't necessarily – not that this even exists, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend some sort of, like, procedure that eliminates your perception of blue light, right? (laughs) But, like, blue light glasses where you can just throw them on,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like, why not? But there's other sides to that is I would still turn the TV off. Right that yeah turn the screens off an hour before bed. The glasses are not the excuse to keep watching and keep working and keep doing all the things. Thank you. That's what I <laughs> that's
0: what I was getting at was um there's like still that there's no substitute for the hard work there of
1: Yeah. You know you I think they're to. great. I would still wear them all day long because we're staring at a screen all day long, but it right. doesn't really change the things that we have to do at night to help get our body and our brain to a place for sleep. Sure. And, and if you're,
0: even if you're wearing the blue blocking glasses at night, if you're, if you're doing work and you're, you know, your mind is turning, I would imagine that that could, that could impact your ability to fall asleep
1: regardless of the blue light exposure. And the nighttime eating, you know, like if we're, if our brain is going or we're staring at the screens and our body is like, I'm tired, but you're kind of telling me you want me to do stuff and you want me to be awake and you want me to make all this stuff happen. Like I need energy. I need fuel. So I'm going to tell you I'm hungry because I don't know what else to tell you. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like you're not listening to the, (laughs) like you're not listening to the, I'm tired signal. So if I'm going to stay awake, I need food. Yeah. I need fuel. I need energy.
0: What what are your thoughts on? So I know that my computer will allow me to put I don't know if it's called night mode or what, what the deal yeah. is, but it's it's a red light. It takes the blue light away from the computer. My phone has it too. Is there a difference between that and the blue blocking glasses? Is one better than the other?
1: I don't know enough. Okay. They both sort of mitigate components, right? I mean, I would do both, but it's still, I think it's still the same situation if it doesn't make it okay to keep staring at our phone until 1230 in the morning. You know, so like, I would say like, do all the things, right? Turn that night mode on on your phone. Turn, you know, wear the blue blocking glasses, like use the tools that we have available to us. And part of the tools we have available to us are understanding the habits and the behaviors and the routines yeah. that aren't serving us. Right. Of course.
0: It's, yeah. I, I say this all the time, when we know better, we do better. So Exactly. Hopefully.
1: Yeah.
0: Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> it's what we do like 90% of the time, right? Yeah. Well, I just, and listen, we yeah. don't have to be perfect,
1: right? Gosh, Most no. of the time
0: most of the time i just remember when the when the blue blocking glasses came out and they were you know all the rage i just remember thinking well my screen has a night mode so what and i've never been able to get clarity on like if one if one is better than the other
1: and i haven't either and so maybe it's because no one studied it yet maybe and let's be real when it comes to all these studies there's got to be money in the study so like oh yeah i don't think Anyone, I don't think it's profitable enough. We might be the only people asking the question. (laughs) We're the only ones that care. (laughs) Right? Like, or can we just, like, I'm also not clear why blue light needs to be so strong on all of these devices. Like, I also don't know that answer.
0: Is, so that actually, I had a question about that. So, I want to go back to, you said something earlier that struck me uh, when you were talking about cortisol and that cortisol isn't bad. And mm-hmm. blue light isn't bad either. It's just that we're, right. you know, we're we're accessing it later in the day than we need to be. And so, all day long. And all day long. But the, there are some benefits to blue light which, and this is just what I've read about. And this was sunlight. This was not screen light that I read about, but it increases alertness, energy, and reaction time, which is all good things. Do you know if there is a difference between like the blue light wavelength in the computer, like in screens versus like outdoor blue light with the
1: sun? Are they- No, I think they're pretty similar. They're pretty similar. there therein lies the problem right like those things are great if you're a truck driver those things are great if you are out and about those things are great for us during the day and in the morning right those things are not great for us at midnight so i think it's similar to the to the daylight piece of it where we need sunshine in our lives but we would never tell our kids to spend all day staring at the sun
0: Right. Right. Okay. So the, so the, the, the wavelength is potentially Similar. just just as dangerous on yeah. our screens. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. I, I just was wondering about that. Well, what, what are some other things that, what are some things that I know you've covered a ton? I know. <laughs> we talked about a lot. Anything that, you wanted to talk about with blue light that we didn't talk about
1: I don't I don't know that there's like something specific I think like the key takeaway is mm-hmm. realizing the implications of staring at screens all day and staring at screens late into the day mm-hmm. and into mm-hmm. the night and what that means for our sleep, our stress, our hunger all of our hormones and our overall health because all of that stuff is so connected, right? The sleep, the gut health, you know, our weight, our hormones, neurotransmitters, like it all works together. Like nothing in the body exists in isolation. So, right. Like we can't also look and say, okay, well I've been like Western medicine diagnoses us based on the organ system that failed first so but just because you know you've been diagnosed with cardiovascular disease for example doesn't mean that your liver and your kidneys and your gut and everything else is fine right? right everything is connected so if we're noticing something somewhere it likely has implications in a lot of different places in the body and i think part of the need to talk about this now is because over the last year plus of this pandemic lifestyle, I don't think we're realizing what damage we're doing in an Mm. effort to just survive and function and get through this.
0: That's really deep, Jen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not to be depressing.
0: (laughs) No, you said a lot of things that were, I really love how you said Western medicine diagnoses the the first organ system to fail. That's really, really beautifully said. I have to admit I hadn't thought about blue light exposure in relationship to COVID-19, but you're spot on. We're all working from home. We're all on laptops and we're on them later. And because we're not going out anymore, you know, we're doing Zoom calls at night with friends and family, you know,
1: so that, that is a real. Our social life has turned into a screen. Yeah. Any sort of human connection has turned into a screen. We work, longer hours. Instead of taking what was our commute time to do something for ourselves, we're now working that commute time. Or at night, like the boundaries of work hours no longer exist because everyone is home. Everyone has their laptop handy or their phone or whatever it is. And then our relaxation is also the screens. And so while maybe, you know, we used to get breaks from it in our lives before the pandemic, Mm -hmm. we really don't have breaks from it now because work is staring at a screen and my relaxation is staring at a screen.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: I gotta marinate on that for a sec. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. I say it more because I think it's important that we're aware. Yes. And we do the little things that we can to help ourselves help ourselves. (laughs) Like our body will do a lot of the repair work if we give it a chance.
0: Mm. Yes. Something uh, that, that resonates with me, something somebody told me once a long time ago that I found to be very empowering is that your, your body is always fighting for homeostasis. So, like, it always wants to get back to normal. So, even when your body's going through stress or or going through something, like, just know that you can count on your body to try its best to get back to baseline. And that, to me, was like, oh, it's not just my brain that wants me to get better. It's my body, too. And so, that's...
1: Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times, our body knows what to do. And if we just get out of the way a little. Right. (laughs) You know?
0: (laughs) Amen to that. Yes. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do and where people can connect with you?
1: Yeah. So all social media is at Jen J-E-N-N-T-R-E-P-E-C-K. First of all, find me. I want to hear from you. I'm so curious, like your key takeaway, you know, <laughs> what was something new that you heard or what did you hear that just reinforced something you already knew? So connect with me on social media. My podcast is called Salad with a Side of Fries. I love it. (laughs) So (laughs) balance, right? Yeah. So wherever you're listening now, search Salad with a Side of Fries and, you know, let's have another date. And then (laughs) in my, (laughs) I hope you think I'm funny, you guys.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm laughing. I think I'm funny.
1: Okay. Um, (laughs) I think I'm funny. And that just came out. I have no idea where that came from. And then I work with clients one on one and in small groups, you know, similar to what you do. My focus and my specialty, I would say, is weight management, Mm. but it's sleep, stress, energy, food sensitivities, habits, routines, right? But the weight loss becomes the byproduct of that. So if that's interesting, I have a new cohort, like a new group program starting soon. So reach out. And I told you I would offer all of you guys a complimentary wellness discovery call. So we'll put that link available to everybody too, because I just love hearing about you guys and what you have going on and all the good stuff.
0: Well, thanks, Jen. I've, I have had so much fun getting to know you today. You are just. (laughs)
1: Likewise. This is, we could talk for hours, by the way, like it would be, (laughs) it would be a very roundabout conversation, but we would, we would solve the world's problems. I have no (laughs) doubts that we would. This has just been,
0: oh. Like you have been my breath of fresh air today. (laughs) Oh, you are so sweet.
1: Thank you. So fun.
0: I told you she was wonderful. (laughs) If you enjoyed today's episode, hit the subscribe button, leave a rating and review. I actually read every one of those and tell your friends and family about this episode by either talking about it on social media or sending this episode to a friend in a text. Okay, everyone, it's time to go back out into the real world. Remember always, be well and be kind. Thanks. See you next time.